welcome to the RM Williams Outback podcast. I'm Terry Cowley, the Senior Associate Editor of RM Williams Outback magazine. Thanks to Elders Insurance for sponsoring this podcast. Senior Sergeant Erica Gibson has spent her career building connections and helping create safe places, particularly for women victims of domestic violence in remote Northern Territory. Erica joins me now on the podcast. Welcome, Erica. Hi, Terry. You've done a lot of work in the Northern Territory Police Force, including becoming Wadair's first female officer in charge recently. Tell me about Wadair and your role there. Thanks, Terry. Wadair is a community uh, in the West Daly district of the Northern Territory. It's a uh, very interesting place to live and work. It's uh, basically an Indigenous community with over 20 various clan groups. So I was promoted to the position as officer in charge of the district, which not only includes Wadair, but also includes Peppermanati, Daly River and Pine Creek. So it's a vast, expansive district to be given the privilege to manage. So I commenced there in uh, March 2023. And uh, it's been over six months since I've been in the position. Since joining the Northern Territory Police Force in 1988, you served in Darwin, Catherine, Alice Springs and Tennant Creek in northeast Arnhem Land and on Groot Island in the Gulf of Carpentaria. Your roles have included so many different facets working in the police domestic violence unit and as a police prosecutor. What has this enabled you to do, Erica? As a uh, female police officer, it's provided me with the opportunities to work in urban and remote settings throughout the Northern Territory, which has given me great opportunity to enhance uh, the ability of police to be in community. Insofar as doing that, I've had the ability to develop strong relationships with uh, people generally, but specifically victim survivors throughout the communities that I've worked in. So I've been given the opportunity to be in these communities and be a police prosecutor enhances those victims to have a voice in uh, in court processes, but within their, their communities generally. Just winding the clock back quite a way before this work that you just talked about, Erica. Where were you born and how did you come to Australia? So I was born in uh, Dar es Salaam in East Africa. Uh, Mum and Dad were both working for Shell Oil at the time. So when I was 18 months old, Mum and Dad migrated to Perth in Western Australia where I lived, went to school and essentially grew up. When I was in my early 20s, I saw an advertisement for Northern Territory Police. It sounded like an amazing adventure and something that I'd never considered previously doing. So on the basis of the very enticing application in the paper as it was those days, I applied and was successful in my application. Lots of young people seek adventure, of course, but that's not usually through the police force. Uh, The Northern Territory Police Force offers so many different adventures, opportunities, locations and uh, specialist skills that can be developed by just giving yourself that opportunity and taking up the opportunities provided by the organisation. 
In 2015, while you were stationed on the Gove Peninsula, you implemented the Successful Family Safety Framework. Can you explain what this is? So Family Safety Framework is a holistic approach to assisting not only victims, survivors of domestic family and sexual violence, but also addressing the needs of uh, perpetrators who are involved with those same elements. So the success of Family Safety Framework in Nolamboy um, was through significant community engagement to incorporate all relevant stakeholders. And when I say stakeholders, I mean people who would actively, in their own right, be engaging with victim survivors. So the idea of Framework is to bring all those stakeholders together to work collaboratively to assist the victim survivor so that person doesn't themselves have to go to each individual agency or um, service provider to seek assistance. So by implementing framework in uh, Boy, those high-risk victim survivors, and when I say high-risk, they're victims at risk of serious harm or death, um, having to deal with each individual service provider, they were able to have a collaborative approach and have their issues addressed holistically by a group of people who were invested in positive outcomes for that survivor. So one of the keys to the success of these sorts of programs is building strong relationships with Indigenous women. That's I agree with that and that's the, the basis for my success, uh, not only through Family Safety Framework in Nolamboy, but through uh, Indigenous communities and particularly in the Wadair District now. People have said that you genuinely care about the people you serve and you value establishing those meaningful connections. Is this also part of the key to your success in your role or is it more than that? No, it's all that as well as being a female, being able to develop those relationships in a uh, empathetic more so than sympathetic understanding of what these women encounter on a daily basis in the community. So often it's females who are able to develop those relationships um, more easily than uh, male counterparts. So what you're describing is almost like being a witness to their experience rather than being outside of it. Exactly. And uh, having those strong relationships it goes so far to uh, being successful in doing policing in communities. It's been said you've really raised the profile of the local police force. How have you made that positive change? I think that change has been made specifically in Water over the last uh, six months. It's by being accessible, by having a human face to um, policing activities. And by that, I mean walking to the store, for example, um, engaging with people on that um, daily activity, going to the post office, stopping and talking to people, actively engaging at the school. Um, taking part in uh, the local football competition, supporting those activities and having people know who you are by name, not just seeing a uniform um, in a police car, um, randomly attending different disturbances or jobs as they arise. It's that 
communicating effectively and developing relationships that is so important. It's also being said that you take a lot of opportunities to engage with diverse communities. Is this something that Australian police forces need to do more of? Um, I think it needs to happen because um, the police force needs to be reflective of the community that we are serving in and protecting. So by having that uh, multicultural diversity within the agency goes a long way to providing a better service uh, to those in the community. You've received a long list of accolades. You're named the Northern Territory Local Hero. You received an Australian Award for Excellence in Women's Leadership. You received a Telstra Northern Territory Business Women's Award. What do such awards mean to you? It's nice to be recognised and acknowledged for what I do, but that's not the reason for doing. Um, I have a job that I love every day. Certainly the job has its ups and downs, but every day there's an opportunity to make a difference to even one person. So it's that very reason that motivates and drives me to do what I do, not only on a daily, monthly or yearly basis, but over essentially the 35 years that I have been a Northern Territory Police Officer. Now, bush policing is obviously your passion. What do you love about it? Uh, Bush policing or remote policing is the ability to actually be involved in community, know who people are. Again, they're not just a a random call you're attending to or just an incident that has no meaning or sustainability. And when I say that, um, by by being in community and specifically remote policing, there is a, an ability to make an actual difference to a person, not only at the time that they are in crisis, but also to develop that relationship to ensure the sustainability of uh, the response that you provide to them. So I'm just trying to work out where this is coming from in your own life. How can you relate to people so well? Have you had a lot of challenges in your own life as well? Positive challenges, I think, where I essentially grew up in a safe and sound environment with um, mum and dad. I'm the only child. I was afforded very strong opportunities um, in that environment. So I see the benefit from the opportunities I had and I would like other people to experience those same opportunities. So in community, especially Indigenous communities, I want them to see that whilst there may be adversity that they're facing through the right support and um, opportunities and assistance given to them, they too can live successful lives. So you said there's no room for being judgmental and that you really have to think outside the square? Agreed. That's true. Can you give me an example of how you've had to do that, a challenge where really left of field thinking has helped you out? So in in so many different incidents, what you see on face value, the behaviours demonstrated by people, not only victims, survivors or perpetrators, um, it may not necessarily be how the situation is. So you have to be patient, you have to be empathetic and you have to be prepared to look at how and why things are happening. So uh, a very a very simple, straightforward example to see um, young people acting out, you know, to take the time to understand how and why makes you certainly aware of uh, what the underlying issues are to how to remedy 
and provide a better solution to mitigate their ongoing behaviour. Is there a particular situation that stands out to you where you were able to bring a positive outcome in what was a really challenging situation or is that the story of every day? Um, That's basically a story of everyday policing. My focus is on on victim survivors and how better to provide a safe and sound response to them. And in many instances, it's not an immediate response that they're looking for. It's building a number of options, if you like, to ensure the safety of not only them, um, the accountability for the offender and the ongoing sustainability um, for them to continue to live safe and healthy lives in community. What's a typical day like for you in Water Erica? Um, there is no typical day. You might come with a uh, list of what you hope to achieve in a day. However, um, that changes almost as soon as uh, as soon as I'm in my office. So if it's not an email that I'm responding to, um, it will be someone who physically attends and needs to speak to me, or there will be an impromptu community meeting that is called, or some other significant stakeholder group that requires um, me to attend. So every day is basically different. It's very difficult to plan um, how and why I might like to do things. It's it's usually driven um, externally by the needs of others. How is your community going at the moment, Erica? It certainly has its challenges on a day-to-day basis, but at the moment things are relatively stable. There are very positive initiatives being implemented and it's my hope that Family Safety Framework will, will be implemented formally in Water. But there is a lot of work being done um, with relevant stakeholders to better enhance the safety of victim survivors. We have other um, positive community initiatives that are developed by others. So there's a big music festival happening um, at the beginning of November, which has been run previously in Water, was hugely successful. It gave the community an opportunity to focus on something that everyone wanted to be involved with. So we're looking forward to that event again in November and um, the community will all contribute. Do you get the support you need from your superiors to do a good job? Absolutely. Um, I'm very fortunate with my management team. They acknowledge and appreciate what I do and uh, they fully understand that uh, what our district brings with it challenges. However, they um, fully support what I'm doing, uh, offer assistance and guidance where required, but essentially appreciate greatly the results that are being achieved. What do you get, Erica, from the people that you help in your job? Uh, Just that satisfaction knowing that actions that I've taken or um, the way I've chosen to respond to the situation that has been reported to me, um, the difference that makes to not only an individual, a family or the community at large, it's just a driving, motivating factor every day that I go to work. And the results of that for the community, obviously that's a big motivating factor as well. 
having a female police officer responsible or in charge at Water District is something that has never happened before. Um, so they see the difference in how I speak, how I engage and how I achieve what I do achieve. So all those things are positive outcomes and they, they embrace how I'm doing business. How do you engage? It's that being able to have that conversation daily, um, on duty, off duty, activities that I'm not uh, officially on duty for, but it's knowing knowing who people are, knowing who their parents are, knowing who their grandparents were, listening to those stories and holistically understanding how what air has come to be where it is now. And it's that very element of empathetic listening and understanding and not essentially dictating to people what a response should be or how they should be doing things, but more listening to how we as uh, police officers and community can do things better. So it's about walking, walking in both worlds essentially and embracing what people want to see happen. You do get some time away. I believe you enjoy walking and hiking and also baking. Yeah, all those things are uh, essentially positive things for me. So I look forward to all of that when the opportunity arises. So there are some amazing places around um, the Water District to to go to. So the beaches, the homelands, all those places. And, you know, un- until I was a, a serving police officer in these localities, those places were never um, available for me to go and see or you know, embrace the opportunity. So again, I'm grateful for those opportunities of being in community. What do you see in the future for your career? I certainly want to complete my time in what is. So there's an expectation that I will serve at least two years. Um, There's no end date to that. However, I want to see definitive outcomes. And one of my striving goals is to ensure the implementation of uh, family safety framework it's an initiative that is life-changing and often life-saving for victim survivors. So to do that, to have a happy and harmonious community that are all striving to achieve uh, what they see as primary goals in the community. So to leave Water in a better place than it was when I uh, started is certainly a goal of mine. Uh, so I'm hopeful for that. Um, who knows where... I will go to when when I finish my um, service in Wadi. However, I have a um, a focus on remote policing, so I would hope that anywhere I go, um, I would have that opportunity to continue um, working in that space. Do you see yourself staying in the top end? It sounds as though you love it. I certainly love the top end. I love being near water, the environment, the lifestyle, all those things that come with being in the top end is my preference. So I'm hopeful or I'm, I'm pretty confident that I, um, I will continue to serve in the top end. Just maybe to wrap up, Erica, how would you summarise your philosophy in your role? I have the ability to make a difference to those who, who I work and serve with, along with the difference I can make to people in community. So it's all about more about giving and not taking and embracing the responsibility and uh, opportunities that I'm given on a daily basis.
Wishing you all the best, Erica. Thanks for the community work you do. Thank you. This podcast is based on a profile story on Erica Gibson by Kerry Sharp. It's in issue 151 of Outback Magazine. Thank you very much for your time, Erica. And thank you for listening. Catch you next time.